We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We got you covered on the Week 18 slate here. If anyone uh, is in a league that has a championship on the line, A, leave that league. But if you are not able to leave the league, go ahead and get ready to tune into the station here because we got a lot of your waiver wire pickups covered and more. This is RotoWire Fantasy Sports. Welcome to the Tuesday, January 4th edition of the Rotoware NFL Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Barlow. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. And alongside me is Alan Slowski. I'm saying your name correctly, right? I always feel like I stumble over your last name to begin with. You say it better than any teacher in my school ever said it, man. Says a Lewski, they say. Says a Blowski. They don't know what's going on. You said it perfectly right. And my friends, Joe Barlow is my friend. My friends call me Says. Says. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I've, I'm a. Bartle, Joe Bartle, right? That's always been called Bartel. So I really, it's really important to me that we have the last names correct, if nothing else. But uh, happy to have you fill in for Jake today uh, as we go through the Week 18 podcast. Don't worry, listeners out there. Jake will be back next week as we go through our award show rundown. We have one more podcast, uh, a part of the Worldware Weekly Podcast Network for next week. Uh, Looking forward to that. And I'll be teasing Jake because right now I am tied with them in the over-under win columns for NFL teams. And we have, I think, nine teams that have to really decide things yet. So it's possible that I will have the advantage over him, and I will definitely brag about it if that, if that does occur. But uh, we have week 18 to go, right? And championship week for most people out there. I can, Hopefully not most, I should say. Because, uh, again, if you are in a league that a championship happens on week 18, you do not need to be in that league anymore. And I think this year especially is a certain time where, with all the COVID things and, and different teams now likely getting finalized. And I was hoping with the week 18 schedule, that wouldn't be the case, but we had the Packers already clinched the Bengals discussing Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, possibly not playing. I mean, there's a lot of teams that have lost incentive to have this last game. And if that's the case, hurts your playoff teams. We actually covered the waiver stuff before we really get into that and also break down the Monday night game between the Browns and Steelers. Not that, Really needs that much discussion for that. Uh, let's get a word from our sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Word of it's making good decisions, and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Word of newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is on the exclusive sponsor for Royce Fancy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, overrunners, round robins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want to break from sports betting, head to WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down blackjack, slam slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet 
is currently available in seven states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Rotoware listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotoware's fantasy podcast. Alan, like I said, we had a Monday Night Football game. I, I'm, I'm thankful that we can now stop this parading of the Cleveland Browns on Monday night television or primetime television. Thankfully, Baker Mayfield's done. Thankfully, our uh, eyes can stop having to deal with watching another bad primetime performance as was last night. Yeah. First and foremost, I want to say that that was the sickest, best read of a spot I've ever saw. You know, like when I listen to podcasts, my sweet spot is listening on 1.25. Yeah, I'm reading it at that speed. Yeah, no, that was 1.35, but it was clear and concise. That is a skill, Joe Bartle. I listen to you on when you when you uh, su- uh, sub in on XM Radio when you do your spots, and I am amazed at the polish that you have. So I am an envy right here. That this the reason I can't listen is because then I start feeling that I that I don't have that polish. But you know what? It's it's a skill you got to put in your 10,000 hours, just like Baker Mayfield had needs to put in his 10,000 hours. I think really in the, the rehab take- facility, right? Yes, yes. The real takeaway is one of the biggest storylines of 2022 offseason is going to be this is the year. Are they going to pay full freight to keep her to keep Baker Mayfield, or are they going to pass, or are they going to franchise tag him? Because if he does go, let's just say, like no one can even think that that's going to happen. But that's when the QB dominoes are going to start to fall because that would be an appealing place for a veteran quarterback. So I'm curious, what's your take? I mean, there's three options, right? There's franchise tag, long-term full-price contract, $35 million a year, or let them go. Yeah, I mean, this is the fun part of it. And especially when we do our jobs, I think the fantasy community is stuck in a week-to-week basis, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you have to analyze the matchup this week, but projecting down the down the line, I think that's the fun part for me. And it's why you and I like doing the Dynasty League stuff as, as much as we do. And, uh, you know, kudos to you, Alan. We're going to have a, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but the, the Dynasty podcast starting up here in the World War uh, NFL football network is going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that'll be a, a big talking point. What's going to happen in these certain situations with Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield. And I, I think that kind of, you mentioned the domino with Baker Mayfield. I actually think Russell Wilson is the first domino and maybe to some extent Aaron Rodgers too. Although I'm not sure he considers the Browns. If he's going to go anywhere, I, I really believe it'd be the Broncos or Steelers. And, and that would kind of be a separate story in its part. But if you're the Browns, you understand Baker Mayfield was injured for what most of the season. He was a upper echelon quarterback last year in a scheme that was effective towards him when he was healthy. Should a quarterback have to have everything work in his favor to be effective? That's the question that the Browns have to have answered. And to me, if I'm building my team, I'd say no. Justin Herbert has had a lot of things go wrong, and yet is still clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're not drafting a Justin Herbert this year. It doesn't seem like one of those quarterbacks will be available. But when I'm thinking of quarterbacks that could succeed, succeed despite uh, limitations in their scheme or offense or somebody hurt, it's not Baker Mayfield. And I don't know if that's because he was injured this year or if he just doesn't have the talent. I think clearly he is a leader. The team respects him. And that those are qualities that you can't really quantify and don't necessarily show up on the box score when you're determining a quarterback's value. But at the same time, I mean, we've had two or three years now, Baker Mayfield being less than productive at a position that's most important. I think the Browns need to uh, franchise tag him. And if there is a situation next year where he ends up getting injured or we have Kareem Hunt uh, out for a couple games or the offensive line is banged up again, you have to cut your losses and hope that maybe you'll be in a better spot to get a quarterback that could be more impactful than this class is. 
Do you think franchise tagging him, though, undermines his credibility in the locker room? That's a concern because you have to talk about real locker room dynamics. By franchise tagging him, what are they really saying? We're not so sure about you. And if the if the GMs and the coaches and all everyone else is not so sure about him, that starts to trickle into the players. Is you know the rest? Uh, this guy is he here? Is he not here? I think that just for credibility and locker room dynamics, you got to make a decision. He's our guy. We're going to go three years, 90. You can maybe go for three years instead of a, a four-year deal. Three for 90, guaranteed. Or you just say, let's start all over. But it's easy to say, let's all start all over, because then who's going to be your quarterback? Case Keenum. This team is ready to compete for a championship right. or a championship run. They have the defense. They have the running game. They have, theoretically have the offensive line. Can Baker Mayfield do no harm? What do they say in uh, medical school when you went there, Joe? They said, do no <laughs> do no harm, right? That That's right, the right. first rule of medical school. Is Baker Mayfield, even on the caretaker level at this point, or is he just, I mean, if when Baker Mayfield has a three or four interception game, you're not surprised. Yeah. Uh, you're filling in for Jake right now. And his favorite phrase is he's a couple short of his MD. Right. And I think that's the same thing for me. Uh, by no means am I able to go ahead and quantify uh, the injury status of Baker Mayfield and what he's able to do it. Uh, I feel the same way with Jake, but you're you're right, and maybe the workaround instead of a franchise tag is to do what the Titans did with Ryan Tannehill, or uh, what we've seen with other quarterbacks too. I think Brock Osweiler had the same type of deal. Where all right, it's a five-year, two hundred fifty million dollar deal, but you can opt out after two years, or the team cannot. Like there's there's not guaranteed money after the first two years. So people look at that, and and on the outside, oh, you got your franchise quarterback locked up, great deal by the Browns. But in reality, they're giving so, themselves some leverage to be able to get out of a deal if Baker Mayfield stumbles. And I think that might be the better route than a franchise tag if you are concerned about losing the locker room part. Again, I think Baker Mayfield is a really good leader. If there's one really positive that you can have for Baker Mayfield in his career right now is I think he does have control of the locker room and he is a good leader. But if you are concerned about that happening, that might be the workaround for it. I don't know. I, I, I think, again, if a quarterback has to have everything working for him to be successful – then he's not really going to be that good of a quarterback. And I'm not committing $30 million a year for a quarterback that is at that level. That, that That's just me building a team. I, I can't make everything work to have my quarterback be effective. And I, I know that's hard to find quarterbacks that can do the reverse. There, there just aren't many Justin Herberts or Aaron Rodgerses out there. But there's no way I want to go ahead and commit that type of money and really more or less set your franchise tied to this guy for two or three years when that happens. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what the Browns do. Uh, this was also Big Ben's send-off, right? We got uh, the, the great deal for Roethlisberger. And I, I put down the rundown. This is about, like, I think everybody outside of Pittsburgh cared absolutely zero about Big Ben. Zero? I love that you said <laughs> that. Like, who? I don't care. I don't, <laughs> stop it, ESPN. Stop it, Monday Night Football. I don't care about Big oh, Ben. Oh, that's great. Time. And And it's like... I know his legal issues factor in a little bit for me mentally too. A little bit. No, that, it does. The nature of his legal issues were kind of like icky, right? Yeah. They were I, icky. The last four or five years, Roethlisberger hasn't been Big Ben. Like he really hasn't right. been that effective a quarterback. I saw a stat or I saw a tweet. I think it was from ESPN stats that the combination of Baker Mayfield and Roethlisberger uh, totaled, I think, or averaged 3.8 yards per completion. That's the lowest in uh, since the merger, since 1970. That's exactly this type of game. Like I, Roethlisberger's not Roethlisberger. Baker Mayfield certainly isn't whatever Baker Mayfield was last year. And I don't care about uh, Ben Roethlisberger's sign-off. So the real deal for me was Najee Harris actually looked good. And 
for people who are drafting Najee Harris in the first round, especially in PPR leagues, you weren't upset, but I kept telling everyone, hey, I think he got kind of lucky because he's gotten more touches, more catches than he could have really ever imagined. Most people, aside from Mario, were not projecting him to get as many catches as he was. Mario's just brilliant, so he was already on top of that like he is with everything, it feels like. But I, I like I, you got bailed out for the most part. This was the prime Najee Harris game. If you are a Steelers fan, you're happy to see that happen. But if you're a fantasy manager next year redrafting, it shouldn't take to week 17 for Abnasia Harris having a breakout game against a depleted Browns team that really had nothing to play for. In, if you look at the when we talk about the first round of 2022, and it's there's nothing that you like outside of Jonathan Taylor, right? Especially in one QB leagues. You're just like, you'd feel safe with anybody, even Christian McCaffrey. You're like, Ugh, I guess, you know? So right. when you talk about Najee Harris, uh, Najee Harris, who's going to be a first round fantasy mm-hmm. pick in every league, he's not going to break your team. And you know this from being an experienced fantasy player. You can't win your fantasy football league in the first round, but you certainly can lose it. And Najee Harris is a great way. And there was no secret about it. No one thought Najee Harris was this dynamic player. When you draft Najee Harris in fantasy football, you're like, all right, this is a guy that's going to be a volume play on a pretty good team. Now, Ben Roethlisberger, we know he's not going to be there. That was, by the way, Sam. It was like, get him off the field already. He didn't want to leave. It was like it was like the, the person who stays too long at your house on, after a Christmas party. <laughs> get the heck out of here already. I want to go to sleep, you know? Uh, but next year, this is, you know, Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers. Yes, we would love that. That boost up your Steelers. Uh, De- um, Deontay Johnson could be a first-round pick if that happens, right? But let's talk sense for a minute here. Let's say that doesn't happen. Be on the lookout. There is talk in some NFL circles that there is, and I don't know if the Steelers are one of them, but that Mitch Trubisky is garnering a lot of interest, and that is good for fantasy. Mitch Trubisky could be the next Ryan Tannehill, right? We all thought Ryan Tannehill sucked. We thought he was horrible, and now we think of him as like, okay, he's QB 15, right? Like he's And he's going to have some QB 8, QB 7 days. Can Mitch Trubisky be that guy? The, the flamed out career as a top pick, top 10 pick. He was two. And now he goes to a team that's already built to win with a, a running back like Najee Harris, kind of like Derrick Henry, has wide receivers, kind of like the, you know, that uh, AJ Brown, Lou Jones. Yep. So Mitch Trubisky, pick him up in Diana Stevie's out there, could be that uh, at least make the offense functional. That's an interesting one. And and you don't know this, but you're again filling in for Jake because last year, Mitchell Trubisky was one of his guys that, hey, quarterback 16, I'm a Packers fan, but I'll say it. I think Mitchell Trubisky can be a, a decent guy past quarterback 16. And obviously he was awful, you know, terrible. I actually think Ryan Tannehill is not a very good quarterback and quarterback 15 is what Ryan Tannehill is for the most part. That's not good. Like I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not happy to have Ryan Tannehill or Baker Mayfield. I'm not happy to have Mitchell Trubisky, but when you are kind of doing a stopgap stuff, I get it. The Browns and Steelers situation is really interesting because the Browns, you mentioned, and I completely agree are built to win. Now I thought their defense was one of the best in the league this year entering it. They made a lot of great offseason additions. And I thought relatively did things well in the cap room perspective to be efficient for years to come. The Steelers have been the reverse. Losing Big, ben, uh, Big Ben's contract will be great. They'll actually have a little bit of money to play with. But if you are signing Mitchell Trubisky off a of free agency, that's about half, maybe 35% of that cap that Roethlisberger leaves completely down the drain. And you still have noticeable things, I think, in the defensive secondary to fix too. Uh, so I, I actually think it's more like the Steelers, other than TJ Watt and F- Fitzpatrick, are more in a rebuilding phase. But the ironic Mm -hmm. part is those guys are so good. I mean, TJ Watt might set the record 
He might set the sack record next week. They're so good that they might carry you past rebuilding phase so you can never really truly be there. And that would hurt your quest to actually get a quarterback, too. The Trubisky thing is interesting, and I think from a dynasty perspective, definitely a name to consider as well, too. Let's move over to the quarterbacks for this week. Again, Week 18. If you are in a league where Week 18 matters, leave it. But we're at a point right now where you can't. So let's go ahead and through the podcast and kind of go through a few of these names. There's not a lot. And I, I, I went through a few of the teams I thought might be benching players. Again, I mentioned the Packers. Rodgers and Devontae Adams said they want to play this week. What does that mean? Like how often they're going to play? I don't know. As a Packers fan, I've been through this plenty. And I know you as a Cowboys fan. Or well, I guess, yeah, right. Cowboys? Am I, am I I'm a Jets fan, unfortunately. Jets fan. So yeah. I'm of Joe Daly, who's a Cowboys fan. And sees articles. That's fine. But you as a Jets fan have not had this experience where as number one seed, you have to figure out, oh, we're going to bet your guys and have the, the bye week. We've dealt with this plenty here in Wisconsin, and I can tell you for certain I am queasy as all get up that they're going to be possibly two weeks the Packers starters aren't, yeah. aren't out there. So I'm hoping that LaFleur listens to his leadership, which has been kind of the theme of the past two months or so with the Packers, and does play Rodgers and Devontae Adams to some extent. But how long will that be? I mean, as a fantasy manager, are you really going to be hoping that a half of Rodgers and Adams gets you enough to play? I don't think you want to go that direction. So it might be interesting to consider a few of these names out there. And then the Bengals, too, especially with Joe Burrow banged up and having to have Brandon Allen kneel at the game against the Chiefs last week. They're considering benching their guys, too, as they can only fall number four seed as an AFC North winner. So I think the first quarterback that comes to mind is Taysom Hill, and that's the top option for most people overall, but certainly a quarterback going against the Falcons this week. I think Taysom Hill has impressed me enough where if the Saints were to move on from Sean Payton's favorite toy, he could be an interesting name in the offseason where the the lesser quarterback roulettes, the Trubisky's the world. Taysom Hill factors in the equation a little bit for me, but where do you stand on him? What do you think with his matchup this week against the Falcons? Yeah, if Taysom Hill is out there, he's always good for fantasy because he is one of the rare, well, he's either the running QBs always have that high floor, Mm -hmm. high upside, and, you know, they proactively design plays for Taysom Hill, and we don't love the weaponry. I mean, we always like Alvin Kamara, and I think he's a nice, safe play. I mean, at this point, if you're in a Week 18 championship, hopefully you have a better quarterback, but if you just, you know, if you're in one of the, if you have Aaron Rodgers and you need to hit the waiver wire, Taysom Hill lines up uh, is a guy who's actually going to be playing because, yeah, of course, we like Trey Lance maybe a little bit better for his upside or Tyler Huntley, but those guys may not play. So you need to make a decision on when waivers run, who's it going to be? You need to uh, to to roster Taysom Hill. I like him for fantasy. I um, can't see Sean Payton ever letting him go. That's like the, the girlfriend that's <laughs> the girlfriend that's not good for you, but that you just can't dump. You just have to keep her uh, keep her there. Uh, so. Look for him to be on there. They could probably do another situation where they bring in another quarterback or maybe draft one. The Saints will have a mid-round pick. Uh, by most of the mock drafts I saw, the the best quarterbacks are getting taken no earlier than pick 10 this year. Uh, so, yeah, I liked, I've always liked Taysom Hill uh, because he always has a late ADP or he's waiver wire fodder, but he always has that dynamic, explosive, week, league winning. I know that's a term that we all love. League winning week upside. And by the way, I think I've seen more week 18 championships now people were a little confused on how to handle like oh wait there's an extra week do we week 14 do we do a two-week championship so i think that's why we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of viewership a lot of interest in waiver wire this week so i like the Taysom hill call especially against the falcons he's playing for a contract next year yeah and theoretically if when the week 18 schedule was announced i think most people in the fantasy industry said this is dumb i hate this 
change is bad. And I agree. Like I'm, I'm right there with it. Um, but this was the one benefit that theoretically with the week 18 schedule, especially with divisional games happening, there wouldn't be teams having to bench players. But again, we see the Packers we could see the Bengals. I think uh, there might be more. I mean, when we have two teams already at the beginning of the week, when we're doing this podcast with how the season has went, especially the last month, anything can happen. I think just two teams uh, choosing to bench their guys, feels unrealistic to me with most of the playoff seating already locked up, especially in the NFC too. So Taysom Hill's one name. You mentioned the other name as well to Trey Lance. And I guess I'm of the opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo will not play. Like if I'm putting money on a mm. player being active or not active, torn thumb muscles everywhere. I like that doesn't sound very productive. We saw Mr. Mallet himself, Russell Wilson struggle for many years or many weeks, I should say uh, with that injury. I, I, why would the Niners put Garoppolo out there? Except they need to win to be able to get into the playoffs. And I think that's the bigger part. I think it's an indictment on Kyle Shanahan that you trade up, uh, trade as many picks as you do to move up to draft Trey Lance and not have him prepared for this moment, the last week of the regular season to be at least an effective starter. Like if you are really debating between uh four finger, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, I, I think you have some, re- like you have some reservations as a coach. Like you, you have failed in Trey Lance's development because this is not, Week one, this is not August or September 1st where we're having, oh, hey, should Trey Lance play? This is now January. We are into the new year. Trey Lance should have been able to be developed a little bit more because the upside is certainly more present for Trey Lance than I think Jimmy Garoppolo, who's another one of those Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield candidates where it's like, great, your upside is maybe top 10 in the given week, but we know we know the downside is way worse, you know, like missing Emmanuel Sanders for that touchdown on the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's was the the spark that started this all, right? If he, if uh, let's, you know, in another universe where Jimmy Garoppolo completes that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, the 49ers don't even trade up to get this pick, right? Oh, sure. they don't, right. Mm-hmm. So let, obviously we know now they should probably should have stayed, but knowing what we know now, let's say that they moved up, right? I, I They probably would have taken who? Micah Parsons, right? I mean, he would be the, the number two pick. Or Chase, I mean, I, right? I yeah. mean, like sure, Chase has but, been insane too. But they, they, I mean, they just are pretty loaded with the weaponry. You know, I mean, it, going into the season, everyone liked Brandon Ayuk. We still do. Except Kyle he, Shannon. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. The first five weeks, George Kittle, we know, uh, is leading the league in, in your points per blocking league because uh, you know, they always right. keep him in the block. And then Debo Samuel is, is a top five wide receiver heading into next year, top eight at the worst. Uh, so maybe Chase. Uh, Chase would have been the first wide receiver, like maybe another pick or two because he was the first wide receiver off the board. But I think that, I mean, think about it. So the Jaguars, if we go back to that draft, and I don't mean to tangent off here, they probably would still take Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, yeah. even though it's been terrible, but pick two, the Jets, do you think that they would have taken Mike, knowing everything you know now, Micah Parsons is pick two? They would have uh, added, he's the second no, best player in the I draft? I think they would have won quarterback for sure. And and so here's the issues. I'm biased. And I thought Zach Wilson was at minimum the fourth best, like you could have debated with me and with Mac Jones as well, which one of those guys is the worst of the first round quarterbacks. I, I really did not think Zach Wilson was that good. And it's like, Oh, Hey, right. the Patrick Mahomes comparisons, but wait, he's like 30 pounds less than Patrick Mahomes. He threw As one the- pass sideways in college and they called yeah, him Patrick. Just, like, Mahomes. Stop yeah. with that stuff. I like, we can't just <laughs> compare every new quarterback to Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't work that way. There's only one Patrick Mahomes. That's why the chiefs are probably the prohibitive favor for the third straight year to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. I, I just think it's, it's ridiculous to have that stuff. So I don't think Zach Wilson should be number two, but I would yeah. have went Trey Lance or Justin Fields. And I think Fields, yeah. what, what you seem to feel so far, you, you have to be happy for the bears, but certainly if you're the jets too, you might want to have that as well. I don't know. I uh, I think Trey Lance has the uh, potential to be the best quarterback of this class. 
I said that in August. I still feel that now today, mm. even though Kyle Shanahan's kind of ruining that a little bit, or at least I'm disappointed again with the lack of build for him. I would not have went with Zach Wilson at number two, but I think the Jets should have went quarterback. That was the right choice. It was the wrong guy. Yeah, I like Justin. As a Jet fan, I like Justin Fields there too. I guess the jury's still out. The only reason that Trey Lance is probably uh, the best, because he he's the one that looked the best without doing anything, right? He was mm-hmm. <laughs> So you were talking originally about like having him prepared. Did you see the statement that Mike Zimmer, when he was talking about Kellen Mond, oh, yeah. that clip? <laughs> okay, for those of you who, are, who haven't seen that clip, it was a very viral Savage. clip. They asked uh, Mike Zimmer, the coach of the of the Minnesota Vikings, how are we going to see Kellen Mond, their running quarterback, they got in the third round in week 18, and he basically looked like you know somebody insulted his parents. You know, it's like it, he said, "No, I see him enough in practice." That is, oh, you know, that talk about not developing a quarterback. You know, they took him one pick. Was it before Davis Mills? Right? They could have yeah, had I Davis think so. Mills. Yeah, it was. It was at, or vice versa, Mills. But either way, I mean. Kellamon was going to be a pro, like a projection, like, hey, let's get the athletic guy, maybe see what we could do with him. This is the same franchise that looked at Justin Jefferson in the preseason of his rookie year and said, wait, you know, I think Chad Beebe might be the better wide receiver to start. So I'm not I'm not trusting Mike Zimmer whatsoever no. on on developments of rookies altogether. But that was one of the more savage comments ever. And and I, I kind of like just uh, I give two beeps about uh, <laughs> like my job because I know I'm fired in, in a week. Mike Zimmer, this is this is like peak uh, old man yeah. gives zero beeps uh, at all. And I, I like that Mike Zimmer that we're seeing right now. But I was having that discussion with uh, a few of my Vikings friends, which I should never have as a Packer friend, but I do. And I was like, w- you're watching Sean Mannion right now, and the game was over 20 nothing. Why wouldn't you go ahead and put Mond in there? We had him for one series. He almost throws a pick six, and Mike Zimmer's like, oh, God, man. I mean, like, we can't do this. We're going to get even more embarrassed. Get him out there. That was – I mean, that's like a – Oh, man, that's the worst case scenario is you put Mond in there. He almost throws the pick six, then you take him out. If you're talking about losing confidence, that's the one scenario where I feel like Mond could have lost confidence. And then Zimmer doubled down was like, no, actually, I've seen enough of practice on these ducks, and there's there's no reason. That's a good transition into, like, the two streamer quarterbacks that we can maybe discuss. Mond or Sean Mannion might be one of them because, again, we don't know if Kirk Cousins will be activated off the reserve COVID-19 unless they play the Bears this week in a nonsensical uh, game that does not matter whatsoever. But we also have Case Keenum, who has a different situation, too, as well, with Baker Mayfield possibly considering surgery. Uh, probably shouldn't be playing, should have been playing the past two months, but cer- certainly should be playing right now. Uh, there's a few of these uh, two-streamer quarterback options. I also mentioned Tim Boyle on the rundown in a v- revenge game against the Packers uh, with all their guys start, or all, all their starters probably benched other than Jair, who I hope plays uh, at least a little bit this week. Is there any of those two-streamer guys that you would maybe consider this week at all? First of all, you mentioned Sean Mannion. There was nothing more sickening than listen uh, to the the NBC broadcast booth trying to sell Sean Mannion to the to the <laughs> audience. Oh, this guy he's he's really good. He's you know that big arm. It's like, dude, this guy sucks. You know, like so uh, Sean yeah, Mannion. Yeah, the big arm that he missed like five yards on uh, like multiple throws. Right. You're like, okay, I I, yeah. I I understand you guys trying to talk him up. But let's do like the. Let's do the the insulting thing for quarterbacks. Oh, he's really intelligent. He sees the game really well. Uh, yeah, was, he moves that was the pocket really well. Right. That, that those are the ways to insult the quarterbacks without being actually mean. Yeah, Mannion is no good. Tim Boyle is the interesting one, and he was uh, an internet joke for a while because of his famous or infamous uh, college stats at Connecticut, where he threw one touchdown and thirteen picks. I mean, how does that guy even get into the NFL? But that's the guy you want to say. Hmm. Even though, despite 
this terrible track record, this unbelievable track record. He made it to the NFL. I like Tim Boyle because I like the culture around the Lions. I mean, they were down three touchdowns, still kicking onside kicks, uh, throwing to Amon Ross St. Brown, and we're going to have to talk about him when we talk Dynasty, of course. You know, he's going to be a polarizing rank. But I like Tim Boyle because it's fight, fight, fight till the end. They It doesn't matter if they're down 50 nothing. They're going to be playing because all of those guys know that their job is on the line for week one next year. And they're, so, they're definitely going to be playing against uh, you know the, the JV team in the mm-hmm. second half. So Boyle is the guy that holds your nose, and it's going to be a fun watch. It's not one of those just put them in your lineup, and then if you need a quarterback, you're in a super flex league. If, I mean, you know, hopefully there's better options out there, but Tim Boyle might end up being a top 12 quarterback. He certainly will be inside of my top 15 rankings for this week. Yeah, see, and I thought I was being aggressive saying he was going to be a top 20 quarterback. I, I really do think Tim Boyle will be fine. And if you are in a super flex league, you're saying, well, maybe you have better options. I don't know. I mean, it's no, you it's don't have better options. You don't like I think Tim Boyle actually would be a relevant super flex option. I would take him over Case Keenum, over Sean Mannion, over any of the Giants guys that might start. And I know like most of those are obvious names because. Like, like the Giants, for example, have just been garbaged here. But I, yeah, I think I think Boyle will be fine enough. And uh, I, I think again against the Packers, this will be a pretty good matchup. We've had Matt Flynn do well against the Lions. I'm hoping Jordan Love also does well against the Lions. But I do think this could be a good Tim Boyle game. And if you had to play him in Superflex, I would not be too worried about too. Uh, let's you, move. Over. Oh, go ahead. Can I ask you one more thing? Because you yeah. mentioned Matt Flynn, and he had a legendary snapback this week on social media. Did you catch his snapback? Somebody, uh, ins- man, I might have missed it. I thought I thought so, I saw one last week, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, yeah, that was the last week one when someone said, "Oh, uh, you remember when the the Seattle paid you ten million dollars?" That thing. Do you, do you know? Yeah, okay. he was like, "I got to sit on the bench and just chill, right?" There yeah, was, well, basically, well, someone he was goofing on him. They were trying to insinuate you weren't good and you got overpaid as a contract, and he just said, "Yeah, that was awesome, man." You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. And then he came back to Green Bay and, fit, and had to actually sub in for Aaron Rodgers for a little bit. I love Matt Flynn. Um, that was one of my wife's first games that we went to was that mm. Matt Flynn record-breaking game. So she has probably an infatuation with Matt Flynn more than uh, anyone anyone should, even like Matt Flynn's mother. Uh, but yeah, I, look, I, that, that's a fun game in my mind. And I think as a Packers fan, it's a, it's a great memory to go back and think on uh, as well, too. So like I said, let's get to those running backs. There actually is a decent amount of guys that you could consider for this week if you are uh, in a championship scenario. Area. But first, before we do, let's get a word from our sponsors here. Uh, this, I guess I should say, um, from Daily Fantasy Sports Redefined. This episode of Royal Fantasy Sports Podcast is brought to you by HOFR, Daily Fantasy Sports Redefined. No confusing salary caps, no annoying player drafts, just simple, multiple choice answers. I'm sorry, questions on the stats you know and the players you love. That's right. The majority of HOFR contests focus on single sporting events and only feature questions about popular players and recognizable stats, allowing users to make their picks confidently and quickly. Plus, you never play against the house or versus those fancy sharks. The playing field is level for even the most amateur user to find him or herself landing in the money. Unlike those other apps where an incorrect answer can end your night, on HOFR, incorrect answers never eliminate you from competition. I played the other night, and the questions were as simple as, how many touchdowns will Tom Brady throw? Or, which player will have the most rushing yards? So make your NFL Sunday picks with confidence and ease on HOFR. So do not wait another second. Download HOFR uh, from the Apple from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store right now. HOFR, it's everything the fantasy sports world has been waiting for. Okay, so I talked about the, the running backs, and I think we had a lot kind of pop up over the last two or three weeks, and for most people, that's now made so they are not rosterable in our, our threshold. Again, we try to target players under 50% rostered on Yahoo, so Deonta Foreman, uh, probably like a 60% rostered, no go, uh, and even like the 
the Justin Jackson of the world who emerged after Austin Eckler was out. Again, trying to avoid those players. I think Jarrett Patterson's a really interesting name with Antonio Gibson. I don't know. If, if you're watching, uh, Gibson didn't play last week because he was on the COVID-19 list and was placed there, I think, on Saturday or Friday. But given all the injuries he has and Washington's season officially being done, I don't really think there's any reason to risk Gibson. And you should be throwing out players like Kelamon, but in this case, Jerry Patterson, to see what you have from a depth perspective in a game that might matter, at least from a, hey, this is not the preseason. We're going to have actual starters out there on an NFL team. I think Jared Patterson's interesting to consider for him if you need to play a running back. Yeah, and no, I like Patterson. He went to a small school. He went to Buffalo. And, you know, he was he's one of these guys that everyone thinks is like really small, really tiny, but he's not mm-hmm. as tiny as you think. He's about 100. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that. The, the, yeah, the, the zero. He's still <laughs> posing with trophies, right? That's right. Well, the, the joke was that Sleeper uh, accidentally had him as zero foot five. And I made the joke that, yeah, he's the guy who poses for trophies. I mean, you know, the, on top of those Little League trophies you get. But Patterson is, uh, he, he's a good player. He's, you know, he's going to be like an NFL journeyman. He is, he's volume, right? He's a volume play. He had 12 uh, carries last week, about five targets, and he got in the end zone. So if he's out there, he's a very good, uh, he's one of these guys that's going to be playing for a roster spot next week. And, you know, any in a, it might be a meaningless game to them, but it's not a meaningless game to him. He's going to be out there trying hard. I think he you correctly identified him as the best of the best fantasy pickups for running back next week. But you also mentioned, um, uh, you know, Rex Burkhead was the guy that I had yeah. earmarked. So I don't know if you were going to get into him a little bit, but you're working on off- it. Was like you're you're in week 18. Do you, do you really want to rely on a Texans player? That that was kind of my there was a few players I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, they, they they're getting a decent amount of work and in the case of Rex Burkett, David Johnson may or may not play again, but it's the Texans." And and against a Colts team, I I believe oh sorry, against the Titans, Titans. we still have something to play for when it comes to seeding perspective and theoretically that defense has really been good. Like if you were to say which which one AFC team that is in the playoffs is a pretender in your mind? I think the Titans would first come to mind, and that's depending on the stats of Derrick Henry. But I do get a little bit concerned about Rex Burkhead's workload. Uh, and if you are trying to beat the Texans, I'm sorry, the Titans, I think it's more of the passing game that can do so. So Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins, who again, we'll do the dynasty conversation later. Love Nico Collins. I think he is a guy that I'll be buying every bit of share if I possibly can. I think that's the, the scenario as opposed to Rex Burkhead, who admittedly did get, a, I think, a season high in, receptions last week so maybe they're actually factoring more in the passing game which would be great but that's where i get a little bit concerned i'd rather have patterson you, you could tell i have not done the home podcast before because i stupidly forgot to bring my charger over that's what i was doing now you had discussed patterson was there anybody else you had mentioned besides him yeah uh well you we're talking about burkhead right right yep and in yep. burkhead i i like because you're not you're not looking to win like he basically won you the week in week 16 yeah you just if you can bank 15 touches right if you know that you have 15 touches that's a playable running back and burkhead still might be available on the waiver wire because the teams that were available to pick him up there was four teams left last week and everyone might have been set at running back so if you just are desperate and need someone that you know is going to get 15 touches that is a currency right there. So if you need 12 to 14 points, I think that's what's good there. Both of the Jets running backs, Joe, I I, I don't uh, – uh, Walter and Ty Johnson. Walter got the carries. He had 14 carries last week. Ty Johnson got the touchdown. With Michael Carter presumably not playing, he took a nasty hit. Concussion, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, Coleman is out. 
are you comfortable playing is, these guys against so Buffalo? So that's the part. Is Coleman out? Like that was. I I don't know if Coleman will actually be active or not for this game. And again, it's the same issue with the Texans as we have with the Jets. Do you, do you really want to be playing a guy that's not talented in a backfield that's not very good? And that's where I kind of lean towards like Austin Walter is not very talented. I think Ty Johnson actually right. might be okay. And certainly from a depth perspective with the Jets, for the reason can't really use his speed effectively. I think Michael Carter, Michael Carter is really good. And, and I think we've seen certainly flashes this year, despite a dysfunctional offense, Tevin Coleman's not it. Austin Walter's not it. So I guess Ty Johnson by, by default, but we're, we're mentioning a few other names that I've like at running back. I feel like, we have to maybe mention a former Jet and Le'Veon Bell, who now kind of rises to the occasion with Ronald Jones uh, out with the ankle injury, presumably not playing this week as well, too. We know Leonard Fournette won't also be back, and there's the Keyshawn Vaughn factor. I mean, the third-round pick from a couple of years ago who has been a disappointment in every shape of the word so far. Like, I, Le'Veon Bell actually might be more intriguing than Rex Burkhead or Ty Johnson, in my opinion. Can you imagine a week 18 championship won by Le'Veon Bell? That would be perfect. That That's be the- why you don't play week 18 championships. <laughs> No, exactly. no way Le'Veon Bell should be a person we care about in any point of the season. Yet here we are in week 18. We're like, hey, maybe he could be an RB2 this week. God, don't play any of these leagues. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. But I want to rewind on something you said before. You were talking about Michael Carter, and, and you brought you correctly identified him as being an interesting player. Where do you think that he gets drafted in redraft leagues next year? If, let's just say that you know, the, uh, the offensive line, the injuries are, are – Mm-hmm. Good to go. The Jets have incredible pass catchers, you know, whoever they sign. And, you know, it's year two of Zach Wilson. So the offense is looking, you know, it's not doormat, but it's, you know, somewhere in the middle to low middle. Where are you comfortable taking in a PPR league, Michael Carter, for next season? Yeah, you mentioned the credible pass catchers, and we'll get to Braxton in a little bit, too. And I actually think the Jets do have a credible group of pass catchers. And for my reservation with Zach Wilson, too, there there are going to be upside games for him in his career. Like he, he will probably be a top 20, top 15 guy, much like Ryan Tannehill or break Mayfield where there, there are weeks where you could probably start him. And, and by default, there's going to be pass catchers that kind of fit into the equation. I, I would like to see the offensive philosophy use Michael Carter more as a pass catcher. And that's where I get a little bit concerned. And maybe it's Zach Wilson, not making the correct reads, or maybe it's the offensive line kind of falling apart. But I think, he, at the moment, or at least this season, for most of the season, has been one of the best weapons for the Jets, and they haven't utilized him the way you would think you'd utilize a uh, Carter come out of North Carolina. So I, I, I think I would draft him. Um, so, like, David Montgomery was a third or fourth round pick in leagues this year and was the clear number one option for the Bears. Bears offense wasn't going to be very good, but, like, okay, he's, he's going to be pretty good. And then I flipped to like David Johnson, who was being drafted in the seventh or eighth round, or AJ Dillon in the seventh or eighth round. And you're hoping the right scenarios would occur for that value to, to kind of rise. He's somewhere in between that spot. He's certainly not a third round guy like David Montgomery or Daryl Henderson or, you know, Sonny Michelle, if that works out for the Rams, you know, like those type of players. But I don't think he's as low as the David Johnsons of the world or uh, whatever that caliber of player will be next year. So maybe sixth or seventh round, which ironically was where Carter was being drafted this year, right? I mean, that's by the end of August drafts, Carter was more or less in that same spot. As a Jets fan, where do you see Carter being drafted? I I think I'm not going to have Michael Carter on my team because of what you just said. You said that he should be going in the sixth or seventh round, and I agree with you, but 
I think that he's going to be one of these running backs that gets pushed up in what I believe is going to be a shift back to wide receiver heavy first round. Mm. So, in, you know, in the past, we've seen 10 or 11 running backs. We're going to see four or five receivers go in the first Dante, round. Dante, Tyreek, Cooper. Uh, that's the Cooper. Cooper you're talking about Cooper Cup, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and the two and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I think all those guys go Chase in the first is a first round pick next year. I think he goes 11, 12, 13, 14, something like that. Yeah, yeah okay. I, All right. Yeah, you're right. That, that's fair. Okay. So you know, if you're going to take him at 11, I'm sorry, if you're going to take him at thir- at 14, you just take him at 11 because the guy on the hook is going to take him if you don't. Yeah, and I think it's that's more of an indictment on the running backs that yes. were so high at the top are now not at all. I mean, like Derrick Henry, you probably feel safest about Derrick Henry. He hasn't played half the season. Certainly Chris McCaffrey, GQ model himself, you're not – I don't know. There are so many people that are burned by him that if he ends up being a first-round pick, I think the value is certainly there. But I don't know if people are taking him at, at that point anymore. Alvin Kamara, probably still a first-round pick. Saquon Barkley, gone. Aaron Jones, I think, depending on no. the situation. You don't think he's a first-round pick? I think that somebody might do it, but if it's him and A.J. Dillon it, with this current split, you with or without Rodgers. Okay. And yeah. then, like, uh, Joe Mixon. Antonio Gibson was a late first rounder this year. He's not there anymore. Joe Mixon, guaranteed first round. Yeah. First uh, I, I think if Melvin Gordon is gone for the Broncos and he very well is, Javante Williams oh, yeah. is a first round pick, too. So there's still six names, and then you throw Travis Kelsey in there, or if you're in a dumb league, I mean, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Right. Uh, people right. are stupid like that. So I like there. It, it would be hard for me to say that Jamar is a guaranteed first round pick. But as in that 11 to 14 range, yeah. I. I kind of wonder what the Bengals like if they have a, a flame out this postseason and they just lose in the first round and get you know dunked on by thirty and Jamar Chase suddenly forgets to catch the ball like in the preseason, how that would affect people. Like if we have this uh This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen. And they're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from. And there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So, what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour-plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, Whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the recency bias that affects things too much, or if there is people like us in the industry pushing this narrative that, hey, Jamar Chase, super good. Look how look how great he was over the last two or three weeks of the season and broke rookie records, and Justin Jefferson's been great, and now all LSU wide receivers have been great all time. Terrace Marshall, can't wait for him uh, to finally emerge. Uh, Jake and I were pushing him earlier the year, so I'm bitter. Uh, like, yeah, I that, think but that was a reasonable... I, I liked uh, I liked your take. I was, I was listening to your take and Jake, Jake's take on uh, Terrace Marshall. I thought that was sound, and just given everything we had at the time, that I mean, he really doesn't gotten the opportunity. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't write yourself off or call that an L. It just you yeah. didn't get the opportunity. It's yeah, a, no, a, I'm just, I, I get hard on my, I, I'm, I'm harder on myself than most people. I think you know, you tune into this podcast for a reason. You're hoping to get insight and great. We could talk uh, fantastically. Jake's beard is great. You, you're envious of that when you see it in the video. But we want to be able to get people right and have some victories. And that, yeah. I think that's where Marshall gets me upset. And I was, I was really in on him. So. Uh, that's right. It, it's a little bit hard with Jamar Chase as the late first round candidate. Go, go, go back to what your original question for me was, and that is that Michael Carter will get pushed up by those taking wide receivers early. So let's just say you take mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson on, in the first round, and then it loops around and you take an, uh, another receiver. Let's say, you know, I'm trying to think of AJ Brown or DK Metcalf. So you started yeah. with two receivers. Okay. So when it comes back in the third round, and you don't love anyone that's sitting there. Uh, you don't lo- you don't want to take a quarterback. So let's just say you either load up or uh, on another receiver. Let's say, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. who. The- but what I'm saying is in the fourth round, when you spin around the ba- early part of the fourth round, I, that's where I think Michael Carter is going to end up getting pushed up to because people are going to, you know, what they called the running back dead zone this year, right? That was, mm-hmm. that was the popular name for it. So I think that you're going to see Carter be one of the guys that gets pushed up. And that's why I won't have him because people are going to, that are going to attack these wide receivers. You know, maybe the, that third round is like Terry McLaurin people, his ADP will drop to the three, four turn. So that's why, that's why I think it's going to be interesting to see. I'm with you. I liked him uh, a, a lot, Michael Carter. I had uh, Cody Carpadier come on my podcast and say, uh, take Michael Carter ahead of uh, Trey Sermon. Obviously, that turned out to be a good <laughs> good take. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. the, at the time, it, it was not what the consensus was there. So it's pretty interesting. And that led us back to what we were talking about with the Jets running backs. I think if you're desperate enough, those guys are guaranteed touches this week, and specifically Ty Johnson, like you said. So I would not be like, hey, pumped to start him against Buffalo. But if you need 12 touches guaranteed, I mean, that's that's a guy that you might have to play in this Week 18 championship. 
Absolutely. There's a few other names, too, that I think we have to at least mention. The Eagles' backfield is going to be difficult, and I think it's not fair, Alan, to ask you, hey, who's going to start this week when you have 12 guys on the COVID-19 list as of Monday and probably growing, given what we've seen with other teams and how they've dealt with it. But right now, the lone man in the Eagles' backfield is Kenny Gamewell. I know you're a big dynasty guy. You like the rookies quite a bit. I was high on Kenny Gamewell entering the year. Ironically, it was like Michael Carter and Kenny Gamewell were two of my three or four favorite running backs. I was a little bit lower on Javante Williams than most people. And by default, you had to find somebody. It was Gainwell and Carter that I like quite a bit. If it is Gainwell as the lone back for the Eagles or like other practice squad guys too, like let's say Jordan Howard can't play and Boston Scott can't play. We know Miles Sanders is already out. I think Kenny Gainwell can actually be a really reasonable top 15 player uh, at running back. So easily running back two or flex and is probably widely available for people. Yeah, I think the the name of the game here that we keep coming back to is that who is going to get opportunity? I mean, it's a it's a fantasy football like principle. The running back that gets touches is playable. Not necessarily the wide receiver who gets targets, although we do chase targets. But if if we knew Nick Aquino Westbrook was getting nine targets, we're not like pumped to play him. But if we know Kenny Gainwell is set up to get 12 to 15 touches, we could play it. So you, that's the guy he's, uh, in dynasty people, dynasty players liked him a little bit more than I did. I think he, he comes from that Memphis backfield that's had Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard. I mean, uh, th- there's more that came out of there that have been fantasy vi- uh, viable. So yeah, you're correct that Kenny game will keep an eye on that. Cause as we know, we do a podcast on Tuesday and everything that we said on Friday by Friday is completely <laughs> wrong. So right. you, you, there's ne- uh, notes on your phone, alerts on your phone have never been more. Uh, it's the grinders that are winning this year. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the Saturday pickups that have won weeks this year. So I, I like that pick. Kenny Gainwell wasn't even on my list. I'm putting him like to the top of my list right now. I like that. Uh, I'll give you one other name and, we here at Madison call him like the, the drunk litmus test. If you can say Dare Agumbawale's name, you are not drunk. That's your starting backfield uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Dare Agumbawale got a, a junk time touchdown against the Colts, which kind of salvaged his fantasy value. Is a decent enough pass catcher, and I don't think people quite understand that I, I say his name a jest, but I think he actually is a, a decent enough player in the NFL level. I mean, we've seen a lot of UW-Madison running backs be effective. Uh, I think Corey Clement is the perfect example where never was a pass catcher. The Eagles ended up making him work. He's gotten an extra two, three years out of his career in the same way. I think Dare Gumpawale can be that same type of factor. And with James Robinson out for the year, that uh, Trevor Lawrence offense just looking absolutely defunct. I, I think Gumpawale can be another. Fl- he's not a running back too. Like I, I, all of these names we mentioned, he's probably on the lower end of my list. But you might have to start him again with everything that we're going on and probably more COVID information popping up as the, the week progresses. A Wale might be interesting to consider, too. Yeah, you were a little redundant with what you said. You said garbage time and Jacksonville Jaguars. Isn't every play garbage time with those guys? <laughs> You're, I mean, right. Gar- You're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you just, just say he's on Jacksonville, and we assume it's it's garbage time. Uh, so Dario Gumbawalo, he's almost like a poor man's Giovanni Bernard, right? I mean, Giovanni mm-hmm. in his peak was really good, but I like Gumbawalo. He was always good when he got opportunity, and that it's been no different on this team when he was on Tampa Bay. So – uh, he uh, he he scored for you on that. That was a really nice run. I mean, even it though, was. like, yeah, it, he looks pretty shifty out there. Now, this is the definition of a journeyman running back that every snap matters to him. He knows that he could be on his couch next week, on a practice squad next week, or he could be the starting running back for a team. that. So he's a professional running back. He's not as small, again, as you think he is. He's 5'10", 205, and he's fast. So last week we saw him get nine carries. The week before, 17 carries. 
That's another one that I didn't have him on my list. I actually started him in a deep league. One league was like a third place game. And as I always tell everyone, no one cares about your third place game. No one cares about it. We don't, we don't care that you're getting your money. I was money in far too many this year and I can agree with you. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I did not. Yeah. I won five of those. Everyone's and people could care less. So I like Agumba Wale too. And oh man, I, I only, cause I heard you say his name three times. Am I able to cor- correctly pronounce it? Can you correctly pronounce the Denver uh, tight end? Not Noah Fant. Oh, Alberto. Yeah, no, I go Alberto <laughs> for a reason uh, because I, I cannot, I, but I'm very aware of who we were discussing. Alberto is going to be synonymous with a, I won't even try. And like, I had a, like a college background where we've done newspaper stuff and TV training. And uh, I know as long as you say the name fast and confidently, it's fine. No one's going to like ever really get upset with you. I will never bother with Alberto. Alberto is Alberto for a reason for me. Uh, if okay. you're able to do that, that's fine. Like, uh, Let me try it. Let me try it. Okaway Bunam. Exactly. Yeah. And you said slow and it sounded confident. That's that's how you know you're professional. Alan. That's, that's I don't even word. know if that's the right way. I don't even know if it's the right way. But like you said, yeah, just that. I think that's a good life lesson you just gave right there. Just say it with confidence and people will believe you. That's hey, I'm, I'm providing all those life lessons, if nothing else. That's what this podcast is for. One other name. I know we spent a lot of time at running back, but I think it's it's worth mentioning for people who really hate themselves. Cam Akers mm. is possibly back for the Rams this week. And I have a certain subsection of Twitter followers and friends that are Rams fans. And again, I don't know why I continue to do this to myself with both Vikings and Rams fans, but here I am, who are all ecstatic that Cam Akers might make his return. This is ridiculous. He should not be playing whatsoever. Mari and I talked about this on Friday on the SiriusXM show. This is the stupidest idea that's ever been done before. But if Cam Akers does play, I think you're the Rams. You want to give him at least six or seven touches. If this is 100% healthy Cam Akers, six or seven touches go a long way. I'm not playing him, and I would not ever recommend anyone to play him. But I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, there's no upside in playing him for fantasy, and I think there's even less upside of playing him in reality. Mm. And and what I mean by that is, let's say everything goes well. Everyone's like, you know, he he carries the ball, and each time he gains two and a half to four yards. All right, great. What happens if he has an aggravation? People are the whole story right. of the week is going to be that sh- uh, that that the coaching and the, and the GMs are were abusive to him. They forced him back in the game. They put him in too soon, and they ruined his career. There's literally no upside of playing him and. Like you said, his what's his max touch? Five, six. I mean, if he gets ten, that would be insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's yeah, we're not looking at him in practice. I would definitely not play him for fantasy. And by the way, in our dynasty rankings, I am going to be way lower on him. He was kind of like a fake first round pick in dynasty startup leagues this year because it was kind of dicey whether what his touch share was going to be. He had that strong finish to the previous season. Uh, I'm not looking to to draft a guy with my first three picks who's coming off an Achilles tear. And I'm okay being wrong because someone who I pick instead of him, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, is going to give me 80% of the production if I'm wrong about Cam Akers. Yeah, the, the Dobbins one in, in particular. Like, I I thought Akers was four or five uh, among those rookie running backs last year, and that was by no means a knock on Akers. It was just that Jonathan Taylor was better. Deandre Swift was better. J.K. Dobbins was better. And I, I still feel that way even coming off these injuries too. So this is more of just a reminder. Don't. Don't play Cam Akers. The Rams shouldn't be doing it, and you certainly shouldn't be doing it for fantasy either. We've spent a lot of time talking running backs. We'll have to go through quickly a little bit on the wide receivers yeah. uh, and tight ends. And, uh, you know, spoiler, there are no tight ends. I, I, I don't hate myself enough to recommend any tight ends to you guys this week. Uh, Tyler Conklin was like the only name I was seeing in other places. And if you're having to really debate between Tyler Conklin and other people, 
Uh, kudos to you for making it to this Week 18 championship. That's really hard. But uh, before we get to the wide receivers, let's get a word from our sponsor, Skybox Sports Network. Skybox Sports Network is your hardcore source for odds and sports tickers. Skybox Sports has been creating an entertaining and relevant product for restaurants, sports, bars, casinos, race and sports books, arenas, and stadiums for years. Now I can bring a little Vegas into your fan cave. Skybox's low-cost and state-of-the-art Wi-Fi platform is a simple and affordable plug playing active format skybox uh, sports tickers bringing live odds propositions fantasy sports hires fires trades breaking news and recaps with in-depth coverage for the nfl nba mlb nascar pga ufc special events and so much more if it's sport Sp- uh, skybox sports network probably has you got covered in the news section visit sp- uh, skybox sports network.com and use promo code rotoware 5 for a five percent discount off of your order all right wide receivers at least that i think could be Pickup worthy this week. I'm just going to run through some of the names. And Alan, you could stop me if you think one really jumps out. KJ Osborne with Adam Thielen out again. Osborne of that junk time touchdown against the Packers last week. Marquez Callaway against the Falcons, maybe. Cedric Wilson with Michael Gallup done for the season. Uh, Cyril Grayson, Braxton Berrios. Is there any of these guys that really uh, are immediately pickup and plays for you this week? Yeah, I like the poor man's Danny Amendola, Braxton Berrios. Uh, he, they just proactively try to get him the ball. He does everything. If your league scores for return touchdowns, by the way, I won a third place game on that. The, my opponent had Berrios and they didn't count the return touchdown. You know, wow. like some leagues don't count return touchdowns. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I won by five, and that actually happened. Uh, I like all the guys you mentioned. Uh, we know if Tom Brady trusts you, he throws you the ball. And the 28 year old, what's his name? Cyril Grayson. Is that his yeah. name? I was yeah, saying they, Cyril, but it could be Cyril. I, I don't know. I have no idea what his name is because, again, is a dynasty player. Crackstar. I, I, yeah. I, I only study guys that are uh, 23 and, and, and to 15 years old. <laughs> I don't study these 28 year olds, you know? Uh, and the one other guy I want to add to that. He's had two good weeks in a row. If you're in a deep league, starts three receivers in a flex. This I was unaware of him, and I'm ashamed of myself. Is Antoine Wesley on the Cardinals? Oh yes, Cardinals. Yeah, he's had uh, three touchdowns in the last two weeks. So they look for him. He's a big guy, six four, two oh six. And if they're gonna if they're gonna manage uh, some of the snaps of some of the other guys, this is a player that they're gonna force feed nine targets over the last two weeks. I like him, even though it's an ugly play. Yeah, so I, I thought about adding Wesley to the the docket, and the only reason I didn't because I didn't know what Rondell Moore's status would be. And I think if mm. Rondell Moore plays, Wesley becomes just a touchdown dependent. Uh, you were right. That's a good for call. Line. And that makes me a little bit worried. Whereas, like Wesley, I think he's actually gaining confidence from Kyler Murray, which is fantastic. We're seeing in the red zone. But if you have Rondell Moore out there and Christian Kirk out there, you're more or less saying one of those guys has to be the short or intermediate, intermediate threats because the other is doing the deep ball stuff. And we've seen Christian Kirk take over that role recently with uh, Rondell Moore not playing. And I don't know where uh, Wesley fits in because Zach Ertz is also right. commandeering that kind of middle of the field. So I was a little bit worried about going that direction. You mentioned Braxton bears in his return and also said uh he's the poor man's danny amandola is well, the like rich the, man's rich man's oh, i should have said oh rich, well i was gonna say i, should, I the said poor poor man's man's. edelman right yeah. Yeah, tom right. brady is like thirsting for braxton bears <laughs> what would tom brady trade that says uh, you don't you don't get the Ugh. buccaneers general manager that gets tom brady's like i will give you x x draft pick oh. braxton bears jets what do you want jets could say what, third round pick and tom's like sure I, I nope. need to have this guy. He actually think would fit pretty well for that uh, Buccaneers offense. Not, I mean, they're blessed wide receiver wise, even with Antonio Brown leaving. And uh, sorry, is he? But is he? And, is he gone? Because they have not officially released him yet. He's he's gone. He's gone. Okay, they're, they're saving themselves because they tried to put an injured player out in the field and he didn't want to. So now they have to put their tail behind their legs and. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, Antonio, we'll keep you on the roster and pay you a little bit to just 
Shh, don't say anything else right. about uh, what we kind of did that was negligent to the player. Uh, yeah, no, he's 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 not playing a game. I don't think he's playing a game in the NFL ever again. I, I had said mm. this is more blackball worthy than anything that ever happened to Colin Kaepernick, and I'd be stunned if Antonio Brown ever steps onto the NFL field again. So yeah, I. I but mm. even still, like Scotty Miller, I think is really good. Uh, Darden, uh, Jalen, I think it's Jalen Darden. Jalen right? Darden, yeah. I think Darden's a pretty good wide receiver too. Like we're talking about wide receiver six and seven for the Buccaneers, and we're also forgetting uh, Perriman, who was the winner for that Bills game a couple weeks ago too. They have a lot of depth at wide receiver, and I love Tyler Johnson. I've been a Tyler Johnson supporter uh, as a Big Ten guy for a number of years. So I think they're they're more suited to get through these uh, tough times with Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown than any other team in the NFL right now. And uh, it makes me a little bit skeptical that Samuel Grayson's a thing. I actually really like Cedric Wilson. I think Cedric Wilson would be the one pickup at wide receiver besides mm-hmm. KJ Osborne uh, and Barrios, who I think are probably more highly rostered. Uh, I think uh, Cedric Wilson is a wide receiver three for me minimum with Gallup done for the year. I think Wilson has been good when he's been forced to play, and they've had a lot of injuries, whether it be to Cooper or Gallup throughout the season, and Wilson has been productive. And this is still a very important match for the Cowboys this week with playoff seating on the line, possibly. Uh, I don't know if they want to avoid or they want to set up a scenario where the Packers are in round two. I'm not quite sure what Mike, Mike McCarthy wants to have happen, but I like Cedric Wilson quite a bit as a wide receiver three at minimum this week. I, I love that call. And Cedric Wilson probably has played himself into a, a contract uh, for next year, especially with the late season injury to Michael Gallup. They probably weren't going to be able to retain him anyway. Uh, but at this point next year, Cedric Wilson is looking like he could be that team starting wide receiver three. I think that's a great call. I, and, and especially, I, I really like what you talked about with the the depth of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers. That's something that we're going to have to bring over to the, to the dynasty discussion when we go uh, uh, in January, February, and March. Yeah, I um, I, I was really sad when the Michael Gallup injury happened because it looked yeah. serious as non-contact. And obviously, he's a free agent. He's going to be a free agent this year. One of my friends said, okay, he's guaranteed to go to Jacksonville now. Like He's guaranteed to sign a contract with the Jaguars. That's actually probably not a bad landing spot, but I'll be really curious. We talk about the quarterbacks and the roulettes that are going to happen with that and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and et cetera. The, some of these like uh, wide receiver twos for a lot of teams, and Gallup I know wasn't, but he's that type of player and talent. Yeah. It'll be really interesting because I think we, we've seen, um, not Tyler Boyd, but I was going to say Marvin Jones, right, for the Bengals, uh, then went to, I think, the Lions afterwards. Yeah. That type of wide receiver can actually have a big jump in fantasy value if he hits the right situation, and Gallup is a perfect example. Cedric Wilson also is the uh, perfect example of why I hate the jersey change. Cedric Wilson should not be number one jersey. Like we, we should have that reserve for actually relevant and good players. I don't need the special teams gunner or the fourth string wide receiver to have the number so one true. jersey. And I, it bothers me to no end when I see that. So anyone listening out there, if you have that same like thought process, who's this number one guy? Oh, it's their fifth string wide receiver. Hey, he's gunning on the special teams. Just just let me know on Twitter. Oh, I'm not the only one that's crazy on this because it really pisses me off every time I see it. You, you are not alone. I'm sure, you know what, that's what the beautiful, everyone thinks that social media is toxic and they're mostly right. But when you can find other, uh, other people that share your, your disdain for marginal things, I think that's what's so good <laughs> that about is the perfect social media. Use of disdain for marginal things is how I describe social media in its best case scenario. You're probably, you're probably right in that, uh, streaming defenses real quick. I guess like I, I had wrote down a couple of names. Normally Jake is excellent in this and I put in the bare minimum, I guess I think Washington against whatever the giants trot out at quarterback has to be your top pickup. And I know people are going to get a little squeamish because Washington defense hasn't been very good. They're missing chase young and uh, that stadium is falling apart. So therefore the team is too. Yada, yada. I get all of that, but the giants are like bad, bad, 
bad. Mike Glennon had negative passing yards. That should never happen in the year 2021, 2022, 2020. Any 2020-somethings should never have a negative passing yards ever. I thought Mac Jones had the most embarrassing game in a quarterback in this decade. Mike Glennon decided, hey, I got that one up in like three weeks later. It's incredible. I will play the Washington defense if I have to if I was in that championship week this week. How about a bit, you know, so a lot of teams, when we get into the, the fantasy playoffs in your sharper leagues, and you know what, I, I even think your casual home leagues are becoming more and more sharp with all the information flows with, with podcasts like you and, and Jake do people are uh, picked up two and three defenses heading into the playoffs. So the pit, the it's slim picking. So if you want a sleeper defense, tell me what you think. Now, this is crazy. You, you got to be a little crazy if you want to do this, but how about the Detroit defense knowing they are going to possibly be facing Jordan Love for at least a half and maybe more. So uh, you're talking about there's probably only a handful of defenses out there, and there is risk involved. But the Lions are playing full go, and they're going to be playing what we call the JV team of the Packers. So not a great play, but your options might only be not that great. I would really, really need to see what other teams are available. Because yeah. uh, I know I know a few scenarios where that, where that could be considered – I, I'm biased. I'm really trying not to be like, I, I pride myself <laughs> quite a bit as a Packers fan of, if anything, being biased and in, in hating certain aspects of my team. And I'm, I'm aware. Of, I really think Jordan Love is going to do okay. And I don't know okay. if it's because I, Matt Flynn has been good again. Like Matt Flynn did well against the Lions and Jordan Love's going to have this miraculous thing in the last week of the season too, or because maybe we do, we being the Packers fan do keep Rodgers. We need Jordan Love to do well this week to have some trade value for him next year. I'm not, I just don't think there's a lot of talent left uh, given injuries and just the roster to start the season. The Lions defense can really be capable of being effective. And I know what we saw against the Chiefs, you just uh, engage eight Madden blitz him and, you know, then Jordan Love can't do anything. But if it is where, I mean, like you have time to game plan for this. And I really believe Jordan Love will be effective enough. And I think Equinemy St. Brown who probably gets a little bit more playing time. Uh, and if they call up like Malik Taylor as well, too, like those guys are good enough. I think Jordan Love can be effective. So I'm I'm not playing the Lions defense. Uh, I would have to see other, I would have to see the other plays too. I think Washington would be clearly available. I think in most scenarios like that and would be my play this week or the Chiefs defense, which is probably less likely, but still in a spot where I could see them. Colts too. Like those are the obvious ones against the the crappy teams right now. But I think Washington is the one that's probably available for most most people. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And the Lions pick was more of not the talent on the Lions side. It was more an indictment against Jordan Love. But if you have confidence in Jordan Love, I hope so. Because I, I took him over Jalen Hurts in a few of my dynasty leagues. Ooh, when they're both yeah. rookie. And I just need that to pan out so I don't look like a complete idiot to my home league friends. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, card collector. And I just bought my first PSA 10 rookie card of Jordan Love uh, for probably more than I wanted to. So I I'm doubling down. I I'm prepared for that to spike in a, a good way and hopefully for his fantasy value too. But yeah, the, the, the Hurts one is tough. I mean, Mario was really low on Jalen Hurts. And I again, I know I do. I, I think you do as well too. Defer yep. to his knowledge in a lot of oh, ways. Yeah. So I think Jordan Love is, uh, I think, is going to be a good enough player. And I'm hoping we get to see that little bit this week. So that does it for us in the Riddlewire uh, NFL podcast again, sponsored by WinBet. Thank you, Alan, so much for jumping on with me and filling in for Jake. And thank you for filling in last week for me while I was on my birthday trip to Vegas. Uh, hopefully the cold or whatever this is right now will subside and uh, award show next week with Jake will be less nasally and uh, less congested, but we'll have to see between Jake and I, who's going to be battling for that role more. Give give us a little give us a little teaser though. I uh, mean, is um, what are the categories? Because this that's one of my favorite shows that you guys do. So what are the what are the categories that you're going to be going over? This fantasy MVP is one of them, right? Yeah, fantasy MVP, and then like because with the waiver wire show, we'll do the waiver wire whip pickup and a, a 
almost assuredly will be Cordell Patterson, I think has to be, even though he's kind of tailed off at the end of the season, he's going to be the guy that at least would be my vote. Uh, we do the first round mock draft as well, too. Mm. We normally do 12, 12 rounds. Last year, we were a little bit off, but the year before that, I think we pegged it almost down to a T where we had only one or two guys off, in that, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and I know Jake and I do a decent amount of strategy and prep for that for a silly, meaningless kind of mock draft, which is great. And then we do a few of the other like random awards, which I think will be uh, like a top top wide receiver pickup from uh, weeks 10 on. And I think the the COVID fill, COVID fill in two waiver wire award show will be kind of interesting too. We try to stick a little bit on brand for our show, right. um, but Hey, if there's any like any uh, awards that you, the listeners, want us to go ahead and do as well, that'd be great. I think we could have certainly plenty of comments we've had throughout the season, too. So uh, who was our top fan uh, of the Tuesday Road podcast? Be glad to give that a word out. I have a few names right in mind right away, too. So it's a great show. It's a good way to recap the season uh, and get a start. But, uh, Alan, you're going to be on the broadcast now for many months to come after we are officially done with everything uh, next week. You are going to be doing the Dynasty Show. Can you give the listeners a little bit of a breakdown on that and uh, what you're expecting to do? Yeah, you and Jake and the rest of the guys have been grinding so hard for the whole football season. We need to give you a breath just to like recoup and, and get your energy back, but not for long because what we're going to do is we're going to start doing our Dynasty podcast the week of January 17th. I'll be here with Jerry Donabedian for the first show on Monday, January 17th. So when you're home from work watching basketball on Martin Luther King Day, throw on the, the live stream. We're going to be talking dynasty uh we just put out uh, our superflex dynasty rankings on rotowire.com you can get those now they're live you can get them for 10 days free rotowire.com forward slash try and we're going to be breaking down jerry's going to tell me where i got my rankings wrong what do i need to adjust before we put the rookies in and hopefully you and jake will both make appearances on that show we're going to be doing it every week in the rotowire fantasy football podcast feed look for it on mondays or tuesdays we're not sh- sure just yet I love that. Love that. I mean, the dynasty stuff has been an area that we've certainly understood as a company that we wanted to expand a little bit further. And I think this podcast is the first way and we can really dip our toes into it more. And I think it's one of the, the biggest growing things in fantasy sports in general, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, whatever, the dynasty community in the sports is, is huge. And you know, I'm a huge fan of that as well. I think I'm in seven dynasty leagues right now. And whether it be auction leagues or salary leagues, uh, you name it, I'm in it. I think those are my favorite formats and I'm excited to listen to what you got uh, with you and Jerry. Yeah. They're, they're the most passionate fans. They're the year round fans. And they're, they're the ones that live and die on these. Like, you know, they, they know uh, dynasty fans know who like the next high school guy is. And, Yes. I learned from the fan, you know, that's, and again, the Debbie little- leagues, the Debbie leagues too. Like, that's another part of this where you're drafting the college guys. I love that. I love yeah. the, uh, love the format more. And you're right. The passionate fans, uh, certainly reside or at least start in dynasty football. Yeah. And I think they're that, obnoxious uh, though. They're obnoxious. I was say, the judgmental. Yes. I was going to say uh, the, the judgmental they're, they're horrible people. They're, I'll, I'll be first to admit the audience that we have, they're horrible, pretentious people. I'll, I'll admit it. So if you want to become horrible and pretentious, become a hardcore dynasty fan and listen to the podcast. Yeah. Sign me up. All right. That does it for us guys. Again, thanks for listening. Best of luck. If you are in your week, 18 championships, once you win after listening to this podcast, Next week, just quit it. Join a Week 17 one. But, uh, again, best of luck for those lineups. Again, next week, Jake and I will be back going over the award show uh, for the fantasy season. Uh, and that's that does it for us.